0: You are listening to the iFanboy Pick a Leap podcast episode 289, brought to you by Graphically and iFanboy listeners like you.
2: It's so hot, I put my L arm on the comic, and the cover came up, stuck to my skin.
3: I have Lovely. other things
2: to wow, you never start with
1: time. Huh?
3: No, we're doing. What is yours, and I'll take mine. Now let me at the truth, which will refresh my broken mind. So tie me to a post and blog my ears. I can see where those. Are
0: Fanboy.com, Pick of the League Podcast, episode 289. My name is Connor Kilpatrick, and I'm here with Josh Flanagan. What's up? And Ron Richards. You're back. They let you out. Bail laws are surprisingly lax in Mexico. <laughs> oh, thank God. <laughs> You've got me for a little while until I have to go back for the trial. At <laughs> iFanboy.com, we like comics. We read comics. Every week we read a bunch of comics. One of us picks the best one, writes about <laughs> the website, talk about the podcast. <laughs> Don't go back there. <laughs> the the
2: <laughs> I'm going to go back to Mexico, okay? <laughs> Sorry.
1: Said, My lawyer said everything will be fine, okay?
0: <laughs> Why is Mark good, so here? I'm not sure what he said. Before we get to the show, a quick reminder and a warning. This is a review show. There will be spoilers for the books we talk about. So if you're worried about spoilers, pause the show, come back. We don't want to ruin the books for you. We don't want to get the emails complaining. We don't want just to deal with it at the end of the day. <laughs> you really sound like you took some time off. <laughs> this week, Ron... Yes,
2: I had the pick, and it was a health. It was a healthy, healthy week. But ultimately, when it came down to it, the old-fashioned comic book and styles of Robert Kirkman and Ryan Otley won me over with Invincible number eighty as the pick of the week.
1: At first, I was surprised, and then I had just finished reading it. I was like, you know, no, I'm not surprised. That that's yep.
2: Well, it's it's funny because it's like it's like at first on a visceral level it got me because of course I mean. We've, ra- we've raved about Invincible, I mean, so much over the years, and so yeah, nothing I'm going to say now, well, maybe something that I'm going to say now is new to the, that conversation, but we've raved about both Kirkman's writing as well as Otley's art, and it's just amazing. And like the immediate re- emotional reaction from this book Mm-hmm. Was like, I just had so much fun reading it. Like, there was a, bu- there was like six scenes in it. There was a lot of character development, like, you know, kind of personal relationship movement. There was a big action sequence. There was a couple of laugh out loud moments. And like, when I finished the comic, it was one of those wow, I had a lot of fun reading that book. That's a contender. And then, mm-hmm. as I was going through my stack, and I and I really started thinking about Invincible, I was looking at it, and from a technical level, that's when it was like kind of like, oh, we're through the looking glass. When you
1: notice the sixteen panel, I oh, was using sixteen panel grids again. Yes,
2: Ooh. exactly. Like like to see the whole first, you know, the, the the majority of the first half of the book based on a sixteen panel grid, which is not easy to do because that's a lot of small space. It's a lot of work. Yeah, it's a lot of work, and. What Otley was able to do with that was able to, and and but and that doesn't mean that every page is sixteen panels. Like some yeah. panels, there's one, some pages there's one panel that spans the the four columns, but it's still a sixteen panel grid. It fits in that grid, like yeah. in
1: Watchmen, they fit in a nine panel grid.
2: Yeah, exactly. And what what I really noticed about that, what really got me, was Otley's use of that space. And, you know, from, from a story development standpoint and for character development standpoint, like I said, there were six scenes. You had a lot of stuff going on. You have Invincible's parents decide to get back together and take off for space. So that, that happened. Yeah, and, and they were only in it for like a page or so. But yeah. it was really good
1: acting on yeah. that page. Like if you just read their facial expressions, you kind of could tell what was going on even without the dialogue. And I really liked that. Right.
2: And, and Otley, is, he was moving back and forth between like close-ups and uh, medium shots to, you know, to express that emotion and got a rather complicated situation across in one page, which I thought was mm-hmm. really interesting. But then, you know, that leaves Invincible, Mark, and Adam Eve to kind of inherit his parents' house, and they move in there, and you've got the underlying tension of their relationship based off the big reveal from last issue where Adam Eve had the abortion and all that sort of stuff. So you, you totally can feel that in each of those panels, you know, like when they were sleeping together. like that I was like, oh, chilly. But, um... But then what really got me was the next sequence where – which I'm not really sure why this is in here other than just to do this. And it's probably going to play a role later in the story. But um, uh, Invincible goes to visit his buddy William and finds out that he's gay. And I thought it was a very realistic, good scene of dealing with – not dealing with that, but you know, telling that kind of story. But what I thought was interesting was his use of space, You know, that one panel on, this, on the, on the right-facing page where it's a long shot of Invincible sitting in the chair – Mm-hmm. When when he kind of finds out about it, like I thought that was the right like zoom in, zoom out kind of use of it, and I yeah. was like, wow, that's really really impressive. Then you know that the story moves on and Invincible's flying around and he sees a dude with big gloves and and boots walking on the side of a building and turns out great, it's, it's some scene, yeah, some low level um, criminal who robbed the bank to try to to earn enough money to propose to his girlfriend and. As opposed to beating him up or turning, like the guy realizes he's sunk and so he just surrenders. And then Invisible's like, why are you doing this? And they have this conversation that is not only hysterical, but yeah. exemplifies Kirkman's take on modern superhero stories, if you ask me.
1: And you know, the, like the other side of it is, I kept thinking, I'm like, well, is this going to turn out like Spider-Man? Is this guy going to go kill somebody? And I was like, you know what? I don't think it is. I think it's just, it's like, dude, just stop. You're being stupid. And the guy's like, you know what? You're right. And I just, you wish you could talk to people like that.
2: Right, exactly, exactly. So I thought that was great. And then this little mini scene of Mark going to the comic book store to get his comics with a very oddly prescient a uh, joke in there about about companies rebooting their titles at number ones, <laughs> which which I know he was digging at Marvel at the time, but with everything that's happened with DC, the joke just worked that much more. He you know, got lucky. Yeah, he definitely got lucky. But, but what I think is also great is they also poked fun at themselves, where like, Invincible's getting his comics, and he's got a ton of science dogs, and, and the guy's saying that the science dog creators challenge themselves to put out an issue <laughs> every month, you know, like, and yeah. it, what Kirkman and Otley did, which I thought yeah. was funny, so that was kind of good. And then you know it all leads, up, leads into a big action sequence where he fights a dinosaur in, <laughs> in Las Vegas, and again, it's an example of Kirkman going left when you think he's going to go right. In that, you know, it's a, it's a kind of a very typical, you know, Invincible flies in, fights the villain. The villain, you know, explains what he's doing, why he's doing it. And it's the it's the Magneto-esque, I'm doing this for a greater good kind of thing. And I need to destroy the city. And he's like, I planted a bomb. And Invincible whooshes off like the Flash and comes back with the bomb. And the guy goes, yeah, yeah, you're supposed to find that. But there are 50 others. And I'm probably not going to survive this explosion, but oh well. And then yeah. he blows up Vegas. <laughs> <It's> yeah. Like- <laughs> vaporizes
1: Invincible's costume. Like, yeah. and like And when that happened, I was like... All right. This yeah. is Robert Kirkman, and we're so ingrained to think about stuff the way that, that Marvel and DC do it that there's no consequence, there's no anything. But you know, with this, you're just like,
2: wow. Yeah. And what I thought, what I, when, and that's what kind of made me realize that also that this isn't this issue isn't as a jumping on point for our new readers. This issue isn't the third chapter of a f- six you know issue arc. This isn't. This is. This reminded me of reading X Men back in the early two hundreds of the issues where it, it just was an issue. Mm-hmm. And shit happened. Yeah. And, you know, the, the characters' relationships moved forward and things blew up and there were fights and there were consequences and it laid groundwork for future stuff. And I thought it was really interesting to take that, you know, almost like 80s style comic book storytelling, issue by issue storytelling, and apply it with the modern themes and the modern mm-hmm. approaches he does. And just an example of why Invincible is, the, is, is one, in, like the cover says, the best superhero comic in the universe. Which is just to take off
1: on what was on the yeah. Fantastic Four. No, for I those know. those of you yeah. who don't know. I'm yeah. not telling you. You know. Uh, you know, I, th- I think th- as I was reading this, I started to be reminded of – because I feel like Kirkman's titles have been sort of in a sort of mini event mode for a while. So this has sort of shifted us back to regular life, which is also sort of going to be happening over in Walking Dead. And yeah. one of the things that I always liked about his books is that um, with the scene with – I forget the dude's name, but his his old roommate, the the gay guy. William. Like – like, he just it, – it was just like, here's this. Like, he just slaps it out there. It's not like a long, drawn-out thing. There wasn't hints at it for issues or anything. It was like, this is how it is now. Yep. And you just go with it, and which he is, deals with that, which
2: is good. Which is funny because we're going to revisit that when we talk about Avengers because I, mm. I have that in relation to Fear Itself. The, then finally, the, the one other thing, uh, probably a couple of weeks ago, Otley tweeted out the cover yeah. for this issue.
1: And I remember seeing that cover and going, God, seriously, Ryan Otley.
2: Yeah. Uh, oh, it's great. How how
1: good is this guy? And and we we know we've never seen him do anything else other than Invincible. I mean, he did like a, like a couple of little minis here and there that he uh, created, but uh, it's just because he's been able to focus on this one thing for so long and there's sort of relative security with it and he doesn't he's not he doesn't sound like he's going anywhere. Like he's just gotten so good at doing this job. Whereas some people get bored with doing one job and they sort of like, you know, hack it after a while. Like he just keeps getting better and pushing himself and I and I love looking at these pages and those covers that did, they just they're so much fun.
2: Yep. Totally good. So yeah, so without a doubt, no, no doubt was my pick of the week, because it was just so much fun to read, and it was just an example of why 80 issues in, I love this book. It's a good run. Yeah, it was a good run. So did anybody give the, the new
0: Alpha Flight a chance, other than me? I did. You did? What did you think of it? It was fun. Yeah. It was solid. It was, a, it was, like a, it was about as solid as you can get at a comic book.
2: Yeah, exactly. Solid Marvel, You know what I would expect from Alpha Flight. I thought Eaglesham was good, except towards the end there was a couple pages where there was a couple like panels that were a little wonky.
0: Yeah, there were. Yeah, right. You know the yeah. ones I'm talking about, right? <laughs> there's a couple. I mean, there's a, there's a couple of stuff from him where it was like vintage Eaglesham the yep. two page shot of the wave hitting the city with the guy riding in on the creature. Yep. And where it's just, it just feels like, I guess he wasn't riding on a creature, he was just on the water. Yeah. It just that just looked like Eaglesham from the you know, classic series.
2: It, it was mainly the pages with North Star's boyfriend. Like yeah, there's that one, yeah. there's that one panel where he's on the where he's phone. On the phone yep. I was like, yeah. oh, is that Eaglesham
0: really? Like, yeah, it was that was. Didn't good. look like him at all. Who but wrote I, this? Uh, Fred Van Lenten and Greg Peck.
2: Okay, yep.
0: I mean, it's solid. It's it's one of the hammer wielding bad guys' attacks. Um, Canada. Ottawa, Canada, yeah. whatever, yeah. whatever city it is. Uh, Vancouver, actually. Yeah, ironically enough. Um, <laughs> and so the Alpha Flight responds, and it's the classic Alpha Flight team minus Puck and North Star, but that sort of is dealt with through the story. And I, I like Alpha Flight. I don't know why. I have no real, real reason. There, to. There's
2: something about them that's charming. Yeah. You know, I mean I don't know if it's like, oh look, Canada's got superheroes. If it's that, that kind of looking I'm sorry, Canadians, <laughs> I'm always so
0: patronizing. I know,
2: I know. <laughs> that's why I'm apologizing. But there's something about Alpha and the fact that it like touches a little bit on the X-Men, it touches a little bit on the Hulk, it touches a little bit on the Avengers. Yeah. You know, like the John Byrne run was amazing back in the day. And there's something about these characters that are endearing, and I'm glad to see
0: them kind of back. And I gotta admit, uh, Atuma or Necrod or whatever that 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 title wave page looked awesome. There's 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 something nice about seeing non American Captain Britain in, this, in my F-13 was yep. fun in the same way. It was different characters in a different setting with different people. The only difference there being that was written, written by an actual Brit where this is written by two Americans, so I don't know how... Well, it's drawn by Canadians, so... Yeah, but I don't know how authentic the writing and the, and the, the dialogue is, but yep. it was fun. It was a, it's a solid action Marvel book, what, what you said. So like, you know, And, and, it, and it, it really almost felt as if Alpha Flight never
2: went out of pr- like this team never went on the shelf. Mm-hmm. Like, you pick back up and it just like... The, Pac and Van have ha- have the characters down... You know, I think that the, the North star Aurora relationship was one that really kind of stood out, and as well as the uh, the uh, Vindicator and the Guardian. You know, those are the, those relationships were good. I love the little scene with Marina and Vindicator about better catchphrase, yeah. about, "Die Earth Scum," and then "Die Human Scum." <laughs> like there were there were little laughs, and it was yeah. I mean, it was what it was what I would want from an Alpha Flight comic. So I enjoyed it. So, I, okay, I, I, I hope do. I hope it gets the green light to be an ongoing because I think I think the world needs this Alpha Flight team. You know? well, but, well,
1: and now Vancouver does. Yeah, that's for sure. I've never read Alpha Flight, like in any way. So like it just doesn't end up on like Alpha Flight. it doesn't end up on my radar. Yeah. So I
2: don't know. (sighs) Tragedy of tragedies. We got the news recently that Northlanders is gonna end with issue fifty. And that's a that's a a good run. It was a a great run. 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 The long run. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. But it was just it was that much more of a bitter pill after reading issue number forty one this week with beautiful art by Marion Churchland. Mm -hmm. I mean, just beautiful. Yeah, I really
1: like this issue. It was I really like the characterization, but it, I think it was there needed to be a little bit of clarification between the flashback part, the the present part, like when they were switching time frames. All right. That's just my my one criticism of that. I really enjoyed the characterization of it, and I love the question. Of this, which I, I very related to Game of Thrones right now. Yes,
2: actually, yeah. so, uh, <laughs> Which, so by was, the way, uh, holy crap!
1: I, yeah, that's <laughs> a whole show. But yeah, oh my God. like literally Peter Dinklage for whatever the highest Emmy or whatever. Whatever they can well, get. Well,
2: not get even it. that, What's but the just because the last episode. Yeah. My God! Yeah. Oh my yeah. god. I, I literally gasped. I gasped. I know. By the way – by so the comic just,
1: shows off. Let's do this. A
2: quick tangent on Game of Thrones. So like, I haven't read the books and I'm watching the show and I don't know if I'll go back and read the books, but I got really curious. So I went to Wikipedia and read all the synopses of all the books
0: to see what the story is <laughs> just because I was curious. And that book is just full of crazy people. <laughs> All right, let's not let's not, let's not talk anymore about things we haven't read.
2: Oh no, no, but I'm just saying that literally every person in that book is crazy.
0: Yes, so, yeah. so it's, like um, a,
2: it's like a Kirkman show. It really is. Yeah, <laughs> so, um, yeah no, but, but, but so but you're Northlander's, right. Northlanders forty one. I, yeah, I, I see that criticism. I can I can see that. But the book, I mean, another you know, like the single single issue one and done kind of, and it just and I just love Marion's art. So it was great. <laughs> I
1: really liked the first the three page sequence at the beginning. I liked the. Uh, it was very tactile, like when they, like even the sound effects for her running towards him, pat pat pat, like you could, you were there. Yeah. You could hear it. There was the, the dialogue didn't tell the story. The sound effects and the and the panels did. And books books don't do that a whole lot. Yeah. I don't think now. I, I don't see it. And I I really liked it. It was just it was just you were there just a little bit. And I think it's one of the things that's good about this book is it's very subtle. And I think that that sort of actually plays into that criticism I had a little bit. It's sometimes you have to work a little harder to follow it because he's not spoon feeding you everything. There's not going to, there's no narration. There's none of that. You just you're thrown into it and then you go away from it before you've necessarily got a beginning, middle, and end. Right. Uh, but it's, I mean, it's been getting better, it, it, which is sort of sad that it's going away. But man, he's going to leave on a high note. There's no doubt.
2: Yeah. Connor, your the last Avengers issue you made pick of the week, right? Yes. Yeah, it was. Yes. I don't know which titles which. Avengers number thirteen with the with all the with the interviews right, right, and stuff like yes, right that. Yes, yes, yes. So Avengers fourteen continued that kind of meme, but layered it into the telling uh, this, this the Avengers participation in fear itself uh, with John Romita Jr. on art this mm-hmm. time, as opposed to Boccello, as opposed to Boccello. Um And the point I was going to make earlier, when we talk about Kirkman. I, there was one page where they summarized what's been happening in Fear Itself that I thought has been, was more effective than the first three issues of Fear Itself completely.
0: Well, that's, that's what I said about 13, was yeah. that it, it did a better job of making Fear Itself seem important and interesting and exciting than the book itself has. Exactly, exactly.
2: That's, exactly. that's
0: yeah. what yeah. Avengers has been doing. I thought this was a showcase for Romita.
2: Yes, yeah.
0: There's a lot of double-page spreads in here, and, and this is the, some of the best Ramita work I've seen in a while. Maybe. Well, that action sequence was, was amazing. I also like the way they colored the evil thing, yep. where it was sort of like negative thing, where the orange was the highlight and the dark part was the uh, color. Yeah. yeah. It just looks really, it was a really good looking book. I didn't think it was as good as 13. I thought the emotional beats weren't there, but in terms of pure action and the just big Ramita action panels, it was fantastic. So so is Red Hulk dead too? No. How, how could that be? Because at the end, when
2: Jarvis says we never saw him again.
0: Yeah, I, don't, I think that's probably we didn't see him again. As that an Avenger, day. yeah, or, yeah. No, yeah. I don't. I don't think
2: before lunch.
0: <laughs> <laughs> they just left
1: that out. Letter um, of a mistake.
2: Yeah, but this was really, really good, and 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 I think it just really like it, it to me. It kind of punctuated where fear itself is kind of falling through the cracks for me in terms of that
0: a sense of what is actually what is the point. I still, I mean, I still don't know really what the point is. No, they do. These I. Tying I issues, know. but it does yeah. it, it a better job of setting the stage for the, the stakes and yeah. And the fact, that these things, these exciting things are happening, which is not happening for itself, but I still don't understand quite the point of it. Yeah. And I also liked when Wolverine said, hey, Captain America says the guy's an Avenger, then
2: the guy's an Avenger. The end.
0: Yes. Also, <laughs> the great great cover by Alan Davis. Yeah. Really great cover
2: by Alan Why is Spidey in his FF costume? Who
0: knows? That's he it just, just doesn't make
2: any sense. He didn't have
0: time to make it across town to his store's <laughs> locked to change, so he just decided to Wait. show up. He had to stop and
1: teach, and then he had a consulting gig, and then he had to go to the thing. Does he still do all that? No. He should. It's a good joke.
0: I really <laughs> wish that would come
1: back because it, it just would keep giving. It's,
0: it's fine. The, the joke of him keeping his stuff across town in a locker is it's, fun. It's it's fun. good enough. Yeah, exactly. Way just,
1: over on 11th Avenue.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Cross, oh, but I'm Christ. on 3rd. You know how hard it is to get across town in Manhattan <laughs> two quickly? O'clock. 2 o'clock. 2.30. Yeah. Those blocks are really long. <laughs> oh, you're not kidding. And <laughs> after Ninth, it's just nothing. <laughs> you can't oh. swing
1: in a building that's three stories tall.
2: <laughs> all right, so um, so over in DC at the Flashpoint, uh, our weekly kind of Flashpoint check-in, which we'll be stopping after the first wave of this, right?
0: Yeah, <laughs> next week is it? And we'll talk about the ones we want to after that. Okay,
2: fair enough. All right, so let's let's start first with. Uh, well, I, I assume Connor, did you get any of them or all of not them? At all, I'm getting okay. all. I'm, I'm trying all of them. Me too.
0: All
1: right, John. I'm not
2: necessarily continuing all of them. I am all.
1: continuing with my average of one per week. Okay. If you'd like to guess which
2: one. I will guess you went with Dead Man and the Flying Graysons. Connor?
0: I'm going to guess Wonder
2: Woman. No, no, Grodd. You went with Grodd.
0: I went with Grodd.
2: <laughs> yes, excellent. All right. All right, well, we'll get to Grodd in a moment. So, okay. So, starting with Dead Man and the Flying Graysons, JT Cruel, Michael, Janine. Connor, what did you think of Dead Man and the Flying Graysons? That's an amazing Cliff Chan cover.
0: Great cover. I enjoyed this one. The art was sort of rem- uh, reminiscent of Fraser Irving's art. Yep. You know, it's not a complicated story. It's, it's the Haley Circus, which includes Deadman and the, and the Flying Graysons traveling around Europe, because, uh, trying to perform and make a living while the whole world is in the war between the Atlanteans and the uh, Themyscarians. It was really solid. I thought yeah. it was good. I thought, yeah, I thought it,
2: I thought it was very very solid. I thought it was good. I d- didn't love the art. It's not my favorite kind of style, but I'm intrigued. I love Deadman, so I think I'm going to stick with it.
0: Doctor Fate's there. He's there, sort yep. of freak show soothsayer, and he's kind of seen that this world is wrong. He sees that. Yep. that there's another world out there that should be happening but isn't. And then the Amazonians are hunting for the helmet of Naboo. So I, I thought this was a really just solid, good comic. Yeah. It, was, it, had a, it has an interesting cliffhanger. There's, there's interesting subplots going on. Something bad might be happening to Dick Grayson. In this world, maybe Dick will die and the parents will live. We'll, we'll find out. Yeah. So uh, I, I enjoyed it quite a bit. So there was
2: one story point I was confused about when they were, um, when they were putting together the new campground in Poland and mm-hmm. then the Justice League played basketball. Well, what? <laughs> in, the, in the Subway comic in the middle of it? Well, let's you... talk about that separately <laughs> Let's get to that later At least the Super 8 comic had some sort of thicker paper stock Can anyway. I make this my pick of the week? <laughs> I almost did All right, All right, so, I will get to that after this is Okay, I'm so going. we're both keeping Dead Man, it sounds like
0: I, I enjoy Dead Man, yes
2: okay. Alright, so uh, Wonder Woman and the Furies This uh, is my pick of the week d- Really? Dan Abnett, Andy Lanning, Scott Clark Wow, yes. I will concur with you Not that it was pick of the week, but it was strong Yes. It was super strong.
0: This was the best Flashpoint-related book I've read. Yeah. Including the book Flashpoint itself. This was basically the story of Wonder Woman and Aquaman meet as – not kids, but teenagers, I guess, they decide to arrange a marriage to bring the Atlanteans and the, and the um, Amazonians together. And Again, won. very Games of Thronesian. <laughs> and then factions within, the, both the Atlanteans and the Amazonians don't want this marriage to happen, so they assassinate one woman's mother on the day of the wedding and causes a rift. And it was very political and it was very, actually, Game of thrones It was very sort of intrigue at, and there was violence and fighting, but mostly about the political intrigue of putting these two houses together. Yeah. And this, this tells you how the war starts because... They frame Garth or Aqualad as the killer, but it really was uh, uh, what's her name, uh, Artemis. Artemis, and, and, and she wasn't aiming for Hippolo- Hippolyta, whatever. She was aiming for Wonder Woman. Yeah, so yeah. they they framed Garth. Garth is dead. He's been. They think everyone thinks he tried to kill Wonder Woman, and or did kill uh, Hippolyta, and uh, and probably butchering, butchering that name, but. It was really good. Really, yeah, really good. Really, really good. So I'm, I'm going to keep it because I love the, getting the history, the
2: backstory, and it gives a better context into what's going on in Flashpoint. So I'm going to stick with it. And it's nice to see Advent and
0: landing can not just do really good cosmic Marvel stories, but now you can see they can do lots of other interesting good stuff. They're great writers. Yeah, they're so yeah. good.
2: All right, so on to what personally I think is the best Flashpoint book as of yet, and I think Josh will agree with me. Flash- pick of the week. Grot of, of War. I mean,
1: I liked Invincible a lot, but Grot of War was easily my pick of the week. This is... The best villain one-shot I've seen since Jason Aaron's Penguin issue.
2: Yeah.
1: Now, this was a different kind of scale because they got to be in a world of its own. There was also it, it was a sad, depressed, suicidal Grodd who can't find anyone to kill him or beat him.
0: <laughs> yeah. and he's it, he's taken just, over all of Africa. He's got no one left to fight. No one, <laughs> no one could even come close to fighting him.
1: The comment on in the middle that he took care of Africa and no one cares. Yep.
0: Yeah.
1: I just like it's the forgotten continent that nobody cares about, and he's just – he's sarcastic. Now we rule all of the continent. Great.
2: Yep, <laughs> just and also that combined with the fact that he rides in a limo uh-huh. and like has a big villa, like has a like he's standing yeah. on the veranda of his villa, like it was just like oh it,
1: yes, it was a little middle management skull in that sort of yeah. sl- slump he had there.
2: Yeah. Uh. <laughs> it, was just, it was great. I love monkeys as people.
1: Iguara. <laughs> I mean, when we saw him on the Pet Avengers, we said, oh, this guy's got a whole career in front yeah. of him, and we're seeing it right now.
2: I'm super upset that this is not a miniseries. That this is just a one shot.
1: Yeah, like you know. It was a really good one-issue story, and sure,
0: I no, it was. But I want, but more. it ends on a cliffhanger if we're going to go invade Europe now. So I guess that'll 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 come into the main story. But yeah. uh, and it was
1: never spoken of again. And then one day Brian Bendis will just fob <laughs> us off when we try to ask about it. <laughs> I didn't even do that book. Don't worry about it. Um, so if you can follow that, by the way, you've really been paying attention to our programming. <laughs>
2: This, I, was, I this was very good. too. Karada was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was. That was. A, it was a strong contender for pick of the week. It really. I was.
1: was I, I was. I was really thrilled that. It yeah. might have
2: blown people's minds if you'd chosen it. I it might have. It might have. And I thought. I definitely did think about it. I love the art. It just. It, it, yeah, but it. wow. Pat did Ron Richards curveball pick. Yeah, exactly. I. Lo-
1: I love. I love the. Uh, is it Malavar Who's just like. Yes. That's. Cr- is that okay? He's like that guy from. He's like that a guy from the Phantom Menace.
2: Side yes.
1: we- <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> Bible. Yeah, C.O. Bibble. C.O. Bibble. Bibble. Oh, he's the was, worst. Was, Oh, he's such a bad
2: attitude. Yeah, I know. <laughs> he was always the naysayer. He's like, well, you yeah. can't do that. <laughs> anyway. And then there was the pilot. It was just like, oh. yeah. uh, Rick Oli. I, I have seven Rick Oli, uh, Rick Oli action figures. you remember who Rick Oli was? He was the, the pilot, right?
1: Wayne's World 2, he was the roadie. Oh, was he really? he said we had to go get him three M&Ms. That's Rick and Oli. And it turned really? out there was a Bengal tiger. Yeah. Oh, wow. That was him. All right, all
2: right then. So uh, let's give you this it's kind of show. The end of that
1: one episode of Game of Thrones where the guy's like, I told you not to trust me. He,
2: oh, God. <laughs> oh, that was excellent, That too. was amazing. Uh-huh. That was great.
0: Uh-huh. Yeah. Good show. Um, good show. Yeah.
2: The last series is Legion of Doom, number one, a three-issue series. Adam Glass, Rodney Buscemi. Connor, what did you think of Legion of Doom? Not very good. Not
0: very good at all. Not very all. good, but it had one interesting concept, which was the, basically a cliffhanger, but as a whole, not very good. It was written very cliched, very... Yeah. The main character in this is Heatwave who in the beginning attacks Firestorm after he's split into his two beings kills one of them goes to prison but the whole beginning is he's talking like uh, the opposite of Mr. Freeze in the Schumacher Batman movie where everything yes. is a heat related cliche and so, and also the as much as I love the Super Friends but to see the prison was actually the Legion of Doom headquarters design I was like oh really? the mushroom you know I was like really I did like the idea of planning an escape from the prison by having someone sneak plastic man in yeah and him coming out and then but which was gross, but that, that, I, was that was the only good part of it.: That was an interesting concept, but the, I'm not going to continue on with the series because I didn't like it from the whole.
2: All right, so it looks like we're on the same page. Keeping Dead Man, keeping Wonder Woman, wanting more Grodd, and not keeping Legion of Doom. So there's, right. your, there's your Flashpoint scorecard for this week. But I gotta admit, it was a, this. This is probably the
0: strongest of the Flashpoint weeks yes. yeah. between those three issues. Yeah. Now, do we talk about Justice League Subway Famous fans now or? Sure, let's let's why not? We some time. One four. At no point in this
1: does does uh, Aquaman is he shown on his feet. Yeah, <laughs> he's 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 laid out in everyone or sitting at least.
2: Now the thing is, is that like I know it, I mean this is this is easy for us to make fun of, and I'm not going to really make fun of it. I thought it was fun. <laughs> I just liked when Michael Strahan on the second page says, "Whoa, hey guys, look!" and he's got the sandwich in his fist. <laughs>
0: yeah. oh, I this like was, the next part where he's like, "I haven't finished my sandwich yet." This is the insert. This was in every DC book. It's an advertisement, much like the other one, the one we had last month for the movie whose name I can't remember. Uh, Super super we're doing this in the morning so yeah night. um yeah, afternoon <laughs> um justice league so this is a, a five page ad for subway food and you know what this i liked this because it was reminiscent of course of the old hostess yes ad. yeah the and those fun. old ads were stupid and they were they were they were dumb but they were fun and i have fond memories of them so in this in this instance i had similar fond feelings for it you yeah. you read it every time you get to it right all the way through Oh, absolutely! Yeah, yes, it was stupid. Yes, it was written very much as an advertisement, not not as a story. But I don't—I didn't care. It made me feel good about that, you know, remembering those things. So,
2: what I liked was uh, the art was pretty good, actually. When when they're they're fighting Black mana and Black mana realizes that they're you know they're not going to win, and Black mana says, "I've had enough of this, but I'm not leaving empty-handed." And he's got a sandwich, (laughs) (laughs) and then they take it from it.
0: Uh. The story is at the at the Pro Bowl in Hawaii. Three football players: Jason Tuck, uh, Michael Strahan, and the guy whose first name so. I can't uh, can't pronounce. Uh, um, go off to get some Subway sandwiches while wearing Subway T shirts and walk in the beach. They see some uh, minions of Black Manta have a subdued Aquaman. So they go to go they go help. They go fight the minions, and then Justice like shows up, and they all beat the minions. So,
2: well, well I also thought the Wonder Woman uh, asking the players, "Hey guys, mind if I wrap up that package for you?" <laughs> A little yeah. weird, a little
1: weird. Hey, Clay Moore has done the best-selling comic book of 2011,
2: possibly, quite possibly, yeah. I think three, so. Three think million, a, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, it seems like a good time as any as we're talking about advertisements to, t- to thank <laughs> <laughs> the fine folks at Graphically for continuing to allow us to do this every week. <laughs> um, Pucks, <they> don't listen. <laughs> as you've heard us talk about in previous shows and you've seen on the website, you know, iFanboy.com is uh, works with the with the digital comics uh, organization site, Graphically, Graphically.com. You might have noticed that the brand new website launched last week. Um, super fantastic new clean design. Hopefully you're as impressed uh, by, it by it as I was when I first saw it. Um, now you can you know read comics on the web really easily. The whole library is there. You've got your, if you register and create an account, you have a profile, you can add your friends, you can see what your friends are reading. You can click on the embed code and take the comic you're reading, throw it on your site or your blog, share it with other folks. It's really, really cool. If you want to try it out, check out Rest from Top Cow, which is a uh, Milo Ventimiglia-produced comic book, and it's totally free on Graphically. We're going to be releasing each issue every week, and so currently right now, issue zero and issue one are currently free and the other issues are coming soon so go to graphly.com and check that out the search function I don't know if you guys have played it yet but the search function is like to die for now like you type in anything that comes up with the characters creators the books like you can find stuff really easily
0: I don't, I don't go on the internet
2: nice we've got over 4,000 comics from marvel top cow boom idw arkea ton of tons of publishers tons of great stuff in there as well as the website you can get it on your android phone or your iphone or your ipad or your android tablet device I have apps on all those platforms and be sure to follow graphly on twitter twitter.com slash graphically and check out the new website at graphically.com okay I want to
1: make one suggestion that they can go look at Rob Williams is sort of the new go to yeah. exclusive guy at Marvel we just put up Class War yes that uh, he wrote first issue's free and the other ones are 99 cents it, it go get this man yeah that's that, that's, really right good. Good. that's really travel good travel foreman and oh I forget the other artist, but like great artists did you let Kirk work on it or maybe
2: yeah it was was a British book so yeah Yeah. British publisher yeah so
1: but but, I mean that's just a damn good deal and that's just a book that I've been hearing about forever I'm really glad to actually get a chance to read it that way so uh,
0: there you go were there any Subway sandwiches in that book I don't think so not too bad Am I, am I the only one hungry for Subway sandwiches right now? No, I ate lunch already because it's the afternoon. All
2: right. I, I swore off Subway long ago. <laughs> all right, so moving on. So the, as the X-Men inches forward to, to Schism, we got X-Men Prelude to Schism number three. <laughs> it's not the book, but it's going to be. Yeah. <laughs> um, this was written by Paul Jenkins, which I know is a, a bit of a notorious name in the comic industry now. This wasn't half bad. This was actually you've, a- re- You've been
0: enjoying it all the way through.
2: I haven't. I really haven't. This, this focused on Cyclops and him trying to make the decision as to what they're going to do with this threat that's coming and you had a lot of infighting between the X-Men, between the X-Men like management team, like the, the, the key leaders <laughs> in the team, as well as um, Cyclops, you know, like kind of doing some flashbacks to when his powers manifested and, and it starts off with like an internal monologue and he's talking and he's talking to someone and you could tell it's in he's you can tell, you can tell that it's somebody that he cares a lot about. And I, I immediately just assumed it was Jean, but turns out it's his mother. Focusing on the, the when he got pushed out of the plane and the parachute and all that sort of stuff, and I thought it, we never really we know a lot about Cyclops's father, of course, here, but we don't know a lot about his mother. So I thought it was a nice little angle. Um, and then ultimately they decided to defend Utopia, so that was the decision. So
0: when does Jean come back, and they just stop fooling around with the teasing constantly for the last ten years? I don't know.
2: No, I don't even think it was teasing. I think I don't think that was meant. I think that was just me bring my own baggage <clears> to it. It wasn't like it wasn't like it was
0: supposed to be Gene and then it was it was just I just made well, that assumption. You so. know that when they talk about some woman important to him, yeah back, it's everyone's going to assume it's Gene. Yeah, right.
2: But then that also leads into Uncanny X-Men number 538, which was the last issue of the Breakworld kind of storyline and the Breakworld coming back. And this was just fantastic. If anybody doubts Kieran Gillen on the X-Men, read this issue because he he wrote a lot of the characters, wrapped up the story really well. It had that great kick-ass kind of moment. Great fight and now kitty pride now is fully back she's no longer has to wear the, the the helmet anymore she can speak again resolve that issue and just end. just ended It was just so much fun this actually was i was almost at the pick of the week i'm like oh this is good so <laughs> it's just, I, but i can't gush, out. <clears throat> I, I can gush about the x-men too much so i, I held back a little.
1: oh i'm really excited about the next book and i'm sure a lot of people are too <laughs> connor
0: uh it's not me Really? I didn't put it on the list. Oh well, yeah, I I fit, put it for both of us. You can take it. Take it. No, I didn't read it. You
2: didn't read it. Oh. Oh my God! Archie and Friends, number one fifty six. No,
0: I only read the new Archie stuff.
2: Oh man. I this... only read
0: the Archie the uh you know the Archie and the Future Married to the to the Girls story. Oh, I,
2: oh. I just assumed you'd pick this up because no. this um this was a, a special one shot issue that featured Archie and Friends as well as Sabrina the Teenage Witch, Josie and the Pussycats, and that Wilkin boy because they're all attending the Riverdale Comic Con. Oh, nice. <laughs> and this was. This was a lot of fun. I mean, it was, there was a lot of inside con jokes in there about Comic Cons and a lot of little uh, tongue-in-cheek stuff, uh, people in costumes and things like that. Was and, it all
0: the one story through the whole issue? Yeah, it was the whole, one story throughout the entire issue, yeah. Oh, then I'll probably go back
2: and get it. There. Yeah, ba- I would strongly advise it. Basically, there's a costume contest at the con, so they're all in costume, and there's this mysterious uh, Optimus Prime-like guy who nobody knows who he is, and that's the big mystery is who it, who it actually is. And then, randomly, J.J. Abrams was in the book. <laughs> he was the judge of the costume contest. And it turns out, and they gave, and they not to spoil it, but they gave the award to the, the Optimus Prime, but turns out to be a robot. And so the fact that he's a robot means that who's going to win. And the prize was is that J.J. Uh, Abrams was going to give everybody free movies and free food, was going to give the winner that. And so J.J. Abrams goes, well, how about everybody wins? And the <laughs> oh. gang goes, everyone. And he goes, sure, free movies and meals on me forever. <laughs> Forever? Yes, forever. That,
1: that's a significant portion of the income to do food. Especially
0: duckheads. You, you
1: sure you want to go out again? Yeah, I got, yeah. J.J. J. Abrams got this. Let's go. <laughs> we should we should really live it up at Chili's.
0: Yeah, exactly. this and month. then I was
2: just like, can you really just put J.J. J. Abrams in a comic?
1: Apparently. Yeah. He's a public figure.
2: Yeah, I so. Anyway, so J.J. Abrams.
1: It's not like it was defaming of his character unless people are going to suddenly in droves start coming up to them and be like, where's my meal, bitch? <laughs> Is
0: it- free movies like all movies or just his movies i don't know <laughs> didn't clarify there wasn't an asterisk
1: i would i would like to go see super eight for free <laughs>
2: I'd see
0: anything for free well that's wow i would i wouldn't see anything for free.
2: all right anyway
1: moving on <laughs> next up uh, uh did you guys both leave hulk no i stayed Is with it
0: because i because
2: I, I found out gabe's coming back after this <laughs> issue so i started i'm with out it. Yeah. you know i'll even comes
1: back i like this i don't, I don't know why I, can't, I felt like i was reading a comic from the 70s and it was just kind of goofy and fun and i i've I like Red Hulk. I like General Ross and his just like his military mind that was brought to this little sort of warring planet. And they're like, "You guys are all stupid," and he just sort of fixes it, and and it's over. You know, it was just like a little. I little just I just don't giant.
2: understand. I just don't understand why.
1: I liked the explanation. I don't know, it was just like a little watcher stuff. Like ever since he punched the watcher, everything's been wrong.
2: Yeah, well, I did like that the watcher like they, like you're you're following the same steps the banner did, including a, yeah. a, an exile to space, which I was like, oh, that's a I just wrong. Yeah. I
1: just think there was a lot of really clever things going on underneath the surface of what seemed like a pretty sort of dumb story. Yeah. And I like that like at the end it was explained well enough so that I don't usually like it when everything gets explained like that, but uh, you know, it never happened, but it did happen. Like it just it felt like a comic from another time and I had fun with it. No, yep. hmm. Superman Batman number 85. Connor, did you read this? No. 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 It was just it's just another one of those throwbacky sort of stories. Enjoy it while you can. I know, well, exactly. The thing the thing that I'm realizing about Superman Batman is it's is the two biggest superhero characters in the world and this is their indie book. Yeah. It's, you know, this like their tryout book that they have going. On. Uh, a body washes up and is a reporter from Metropolis, and he's figured out Batman's identity. And so the Daily Planet sends Clark to go follow up on the story and rescue it. And, and Batman's acting really erratic and, and torches a bunch of the evidence, and everybody thinks Batman killed him. And, and I mean, it's a little bit, If you know what it felt like? It felt like a sort of slightly hardcore version of the Superman animated series with Batman guest starring. Like, mm-hmm. it was just like, why would not you let me help you? And he said, Leave me alone, Clark. I'm fine. My city. And he just sort of flies off. And there's this, like, almost slight overuse of the Batman or Superman disappearing from whoever they're talking to thing. But mm-hmm. it's always fun. I think if you write Batman, you kind of have to do it once. You just, you have to get it out of your system. It was, it was, it was a, it was a fun little story. And it's sort of because it wasn't encumbered by all that continuity, I suppose. You don't have to worry about it. Well, you can't, well, that's not right. It doesn't matter.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's, that's what it's been. Well, they've tried lots of different things with Batman and Superman, mm-hmm. right? And it's, it's all over the map it's it's, it's a series it's been all over the map
1: totally but uh, I had fun with it
2: enjoy it while you can because it's going away come September Mm.
0: (laughs) Mm. that's fine it's been 85 issues it's really really, yeah I'm surprised it went that long yeah exactly I'm not it sells really well because Superman and Batman but it's not a big loss
1: but it's funny where it started and where it is now I mean it was it was Loeb and McGinnis like it was as big and commercial as you could get
2: wow that was a long time ago I I bought it back then 85 issues ago yeah jeez Anyway, so those are the books that came out that we enjoyed. Uh, go to ifanboy.com slash comics where you can see all the books that came out this past week. And you all in the iFanboy community bought a bunch of your books and you came back to ifanboy.com and gave your ratings and your reviews and wrote some reviews and did your picks of the week. So we want to highlight what you've been enjoying. And we're recording this very early or early in the week. In the, week. So really in the day of the week. The day, yeah, the day of the week. We're actually recording this on Thursday, just so you know. So these are, these are the picks of the week, uh, the top five picks of the weeks as of Thursday. It's probably changed by the time you hear this on Sunday, just so you know little behind-the-curtain action going on. A hundred
1: people are going, well, why can't you just release it now? Because it's a schedule, damn it. Yeah,
2: this is a a rough week, okay? Let's just leave it at that. All right, so the number five uh, top uh, pick of the week was Power Girl number 25, with 7% of the iFanboy community made it their pick of the week. And Mm -hmm. we're going to hear a little more about Power Girl in a bit. Number four, surprisingly, was Northlander's number 41 at 11%, which I was impressed by. Apparently other uh, other people are enjoying the art as well, or the story. Just everything, the comic. I'm going to stop talking now. Number three <laughs> is Batgirl number 22 with 14%. Another book to enjoy while you can. Brian Q. Miller's run on Batgirl coming to an end. 14% of you enjoyed it. it made it your pick of the week. Number two shocked me. Godzilla, Gangsters, and Goliath. That's number one. 16% of the fanboy community made it their pick of the week. That on was John Layman, Layman. I'm, I'm writing it. Yeah. Uh, uh, Paul highlighted that in the light week, right? Yes. Yeah, because you were still in jail. Okay. Yep.
0: And, they don't um, have internet access in jail, surprise. No, and especially in Mexico. Oh, no, not in Mexican jail at all. And finally, Great the no- coffee, though.
2: <laughs> the, no- the number one okay. pick of the week, according to that fan by community this week, a rare case of agreeing with one of us. Invincible number eighty at thirty one percent uh pick of the week.
1: <laughs> if, you, so. if you say that every week, then rare is really not used correctly.
2: True, I know, but it is rare. <laughs> it hasn't been every week at it's,
1: all. It's, it was it was last week you said the same thing.
2: Oh so, really? I'm sorry. Well, it's, it's very a, rare. It's Normally okay. when I make the pick, it's I'm way off. I'm like that's eleven. A, yeah. You? Yeah. What you're talking to buddy. <laughs> anyway, so that's that was the Top five uh, picks of the week according to you, the audience. And now we've got some reviews. And uh, first one is Power Girl number 25.
0: Boomer review. Girl reviewed it. She gave the story a five out of five and the art a five out of five. And as Ron said, 7% of the people made it the pick of the week. And Power- Boomer Girl says, darn you, Winnick. He never fails to make me cry. This issue was is fantastic and it's writing and art like this. That makes the news of this series cancellation and a bitter taste in my mouth. <laughs> These panels of the Power Girl fighting and national hurricane were spectacular. But then again, this title has delivered when it comes to the amazing art. I'm sad when I'm left to wonder if this t- little nugget of potential awesome will make it into the DC reboot come September somehow. Though I'd highly doubt it. P.S. This is Bruce Batman in here too. No, well, no one disagrees, right? I, can
2: I can
1: I, I think that Winnick is the first one to significantly make me cry with a comic book.
0: Wow! Like it was like, Pedro, I me, mean, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't mm. think of one before that.
0: This was his last issue. Sturgis is coming on to sort of wrap up the series. The Kill final. It. Two issues, like put right. her down. This really should have been the final issue. There really, it, was, it, it would have been a nice, a nice place to end. Yeah, it was a nice ending. It was Winnick wrote it as an ending because it was his ending. So there was a nice final sort of wrap up to the whole character at the end. And it really, there's no need to continue on after this issue. Yeah. And you know what? I'm not surprised. People are upset. I'm not. Su- it's it didn't sell a lot. Then that's really the answer to all of these.
2: Yeah.
1: Um,
0: We got two solid, really solid, better than solid, you know, great years out of this character that never would have thought we would have gotten two great years out of. So that's, to me, is a bonus. (laughs) And uh, yeah, it sucks, but a lot of things suck. And, we know, we've got some more books. Yeah. Uh,
1: Next up, uh, Back Back Hawks
0: said of Doctor Who number six.
1: I feel like there are a lot of Doctor Who comics right now. Gave a story of five out of five and the art of five out of five and nobody picked it as a pick of the week percentage. Said I will admit that I was going to drop this. What with the D C reboot and other expenses I need to cut back on my pull list and it's not that the book isn't good, quite to the contrary. Tony Lee is one of the best Doctor Who writers in any medium. His dialogue reads just the way it should, and his plots are interesting enough that you want to see what happens next. The only sore spot is the other in this otherwise exemplary run is that for some reason IDW is constantly pairing him with artists that leave much to be desired. Much to my surprise, this arc... The, uh, this arc, the artist is Matthew Dow Smith. Of all the artists in IDW's wrong with Doctor Who, he's really the breakout. His style is very reminiscent of Mignola and evokes the feel of the show and the look of the actors without being too photorealistic. After this arc, I may switch over to trades, but for now, I'm loving this. So don't drop it for books that you don't even know about yet. Yeah,
2: exactly. Why? Don't do that. Yeah. Why'd you do that?
1: You know what? I, I watch the show. I'm a fan of it. But for some reason, I, I, I can't get into Doctor Who comics. I don't know why. Yeah, I've tried to read a couple. Matthew Dow Smith is very good, although I think he avoids drawing feet. Let's see if I get email about that. But if you read the art not which is noticeable because, like, the last one, he, only, he always wore Converse All-Stars. You could totally see, like, it was like, where are the feet? But Tony Lee's the guy who's been doing this for a really long time, and uh, I actually really like Dow Smith's uh, style. It's, it's cartoony, but it's sort of a, it does evoke the, the characters very well. Um, I, I think it's a really good time to be a Doctor Who fan, but I, I just like the TV version of it for whatever reason.
2: All right, cool. So go to iFanBoy.com slash comics and do your pull list every week and come back and rate your comics and write a review, and you might make it on the show.
0: Connor, yeah. book of the, this, the month. Time. This month's book of the month, it is June, I believe. Yes, June. yes that is correct. June's book of the month at I fanboy is The Flash Omnibus by Jeff Johns, volume one. And it is, DC's really jumped on the omnibus bandwagon. You're going to see a lot of these. The next year, as they uh, should. I mean, like this is this yeah. this particularly the the comics in this book. How many years have we been wanting to recommend this the John's yep. run on the Flash to people? It just wasn't in print. Yep. Mm-hmm. So you're gonna see stuff like Johns's Teen Titans. You're gonna see the original Perez Wolfman t- Teen Titans. You're gonna see John basically anything Johns wrote. Johns' as Hawkman's coming out. So Connery, a lot of uh, omnibus or omnibuy or omnibu are coming out. So let's find. is you, your
1: floor gonna be okay?
0: <laughs> I have to reinforce I'm, the. Floor.
1: I'm a little worried.
0: I did have to reinforce the bookshelf. <sighs> The bottom shelf. Well, the bottom. I'm not, the I'm not surprised. That's that's gonna be the death of you. You realize? I that. talk about that on my carpentry show, uh, which we'll it's talk gonna be about, a New yeah. York one. Nerdy recluse in Brooklyn killed by bookshelf. <laughs> you're really good at that. I love it. I love it. All right, so Flash. Let's talk about Flash. Flash is. I, I don't think you're a nerdy recluse, but that's what the press no, would that's think. What say. That's that's the joke, isn't it? We're not hipsters either, but that's also. <laughs> <best>. <laughs> Um, <laughs> Pathetic loser crushed by books. Hey. Coming up after the break. <laughs>
2: uh,
0: First weather on the one. <laughs> Sorry, in the, in the same package for 15 minutes and then we're doing Slightly it. Slightly
1: sunny. <laughs> chance of rain.
0: Oh, boy. So, Flash. Flash was one of the really important books in my comic life because it was one of the books that got me going to the store weekly. When, uh, when Flash, my friend and I went to the store and I bought Flash number 49 and this is before Johns before Wade. This is back in the messner Loeb's era. And 49 came out. And at the end, they were like, they teased a big thing in 50 because, you know, it's a 50th issue. So my friend and I were like, oh, we better go back and get 50 when it comes out. And that's when I started realizing I had to start going every week. And um,
2: <laughs> That's when it started.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's basically when it started. Start These going come out week. again? <laughs> and so at uh, that time, I just sort of buy random issues. And then this is the first time I started going like, consecutively to buy issues in a row. Idiot Boy um, has revelation. So <laughs> then after Bester Loeb left, then there was some other there may have been other people. And then Wade came on and Wade Wade's run was really my 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 sort of favorite flash run of all time. I think it, it went five years. Wade like and Brian August Augustine.
2: Augustine. Yes. Yeah. Augustine, yeah, yeah.
0: It went five years, which led to Jeff Johns coming on at a very young age. He was in his 20s at the point. He was basically just breaking into comics. He came on for, I think he did three years or two years. And this collects that run. And since Johns is the hot rider, he gets the omnibus. Wade is not the hot rider at DC, so he's not going to get an omnibus. But this is still really good Flash comics. I know this is Ron's favorite run on Flash. Yeah. This is basically a comprehensive collection of Johns' run. Now, I've mentioned in my review on the I'm Fanboy that the first arc is actually not that great. But they collect as, you know, it's, it's comprehensive, so it's collected in the book and it actually kicks off the book. It involves Flash actually waking up in an alternate r- world where there's no Flash. It's Wait a good. minute. And Barry Allen is there. So that's not, a, it's okay. But really, the second arc where Collins comes on is where this book really kicks off. Yep. And it's that old Collins style that we love. It really, Collins, as much as John's was responsible for making this book special, it, he really created an environment and a world and he made Keystone a character. Mm. They turned Keystone into the blue-collar capital of the, the DCU. It looks like a city. Like, Opal looks like a city. Like, Gotham has, a, has its, own, its own flavor. Mm-hmm. Keystone really was unique under Collins and Johns. And once Collins comes on board in this omnibus, it's really, really good. It comes to life almost, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Ron, you got this omnibus, right? Did you look, Did you read through it or not?
2: Yeah, no. I, well, I have these these all in issues, but I got the omnibus and I was able to revisit it again, and I haven't. I, I didn't sit down and read the whole thing, but I kind of sampled here and there. And it's just, I, I love I, there was such a there was such an energy and a like, and it's so it's so ironic given what's recently happened with Johns and his like mission to bring back Barry, and and you get the, I got the sense that Jeff is a bigger Barry than Wally fan. And yet, he for, totally
0: is, and actually, reading through this now, knowing that, you can see it. Yeah, oh, really interesting. Maybe I can. Need to Barry get, pops up a lot, yeah. either in flashbacks or memories or talking about Barry. But like,
2: but what's interesting is that it 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 totally um, made me fall in love with Wally as a character. Like I just I just you remember at this time like I like lo- named my fantasy baseball team after after um, Keystone City. Like I was just, I was all about this run, and it, oh, it was great. So it's great to see you get a nice hardcover treatment, and finally I can give it to people to go check it out. So.
1: Is the whole run in this book? No. Well, no, no, no. This is no. Volume. This is a volume oh, one. Okay, that was my question. This, yeah, is, yeah.
0: this is you know the first seventeen issues or whatever it is. Okay, it's how many? Really, books probably are you four be? volumes, I'd say. Four. Is, or five it, uh, is it big like uh, Starman Omnibus, yeah, or is it? Yeah. yeah, it's about the same size. Yeah. Yeah. All of these are going to be about that size. All these omnibus, the DC to put out. They're not. They're not the, the Marvel style complete omnibus, but they're right. the, the Starman style. Right. But But really, if you're a Flash fan, if you're a Wally fan, I know there's a lot of Wally fans out there. The ones that are they're that upset that he's nowhere to be found in the DC reboot, and you haven't read the John stuff. This is great, Wally West, Flash, comics. <laughs> read,
1: read one per month. Yeah,
0: there you go. I mean, For, it'll be like he's coming out with books now. Yeah. There's a there's a great story in here. I remember all you know, Ron. The great thing about this run was all the great supporting cast and characters. It almost wasn't about Wally. Yep. Even exactly. though Wally was great in the book, it was about the cops. It was about Linda. It was about Jay and his. There was such Joe. a great,
2: a rich cast. Yeah. Totally. And it was
0: about that that whole evil prison in in Keystone and the evil warden who ran it that they kept all the rogues in. Yep. And it it was a really Just a really well-fleshed-out world. The thing that Johns does is he creates this whole... And he did in JSA, too. He creates this whole sort of tapestry of characters that that sort of enrich the entire experience. And that's what he did here. He reinvented all the rogues, and all the rogues became sort of deadlier. It was a really great eight years between Wade and and Johns on Flash. Yeah. Where it was one of the best superhero books in the market.
2: And when everybody wonders why we freaked
0: out when it went bad, this is why, because we had it so good for so long. Exactly. And I don't want to use clichés it's hard to not use clichés when talking about flash but i flew through this book you know ah. I, it was it was so i don't get it it was so good <laughs> that i didn't want to stop reading it and yeah. it's a, it's a thick book it's 400 plus pages and i just didn't want to put it down because the world that he, that John's, especially after the first arc the first arc was slow to get through but after that the familiar world that i remember from John's run is created and it's really just just wonderful to re- and I, again i as ron said these books have you haven't you couldn't get trades of these issues they were trades, but you, they were out a print. This is a good way for me to re- revisit the books I love because I'm not, you know, diving into my back issues anymore. <laughs> so the J- Flash Omnibus by Jeff Johns, Volume One, the very awkwardly titled Omnibus, is uh, great. If you're a Flash fan, if you're a Jeff Johns fan, if you've never read this run, and you only heard about it in the past or heard about it in the present, <laughs> never read it in the past, it's a great run on Flash. And if you're a Wally fan and you miss Wally, this is you got to check. This you got to get it. This is why. I mean, this is one
1: of the big reasons why Jeff Johns is Jeff Johns. Mm-hmm. You know, this is where that sort of started
2: for him. Good stuff. Pick it up. Cool. Awesome. All right, then. So uh, go to ifanboy.com, and you can check out Connor's review, and um, it's a good review. <laughs> <Let's> go <laughs> it's a good loop. review. We, we go... really
1: fail, failed at the end of that whole segment there, didn't we? Yeah,
2: the, transition, the, se- the segues are, are a little rough these good
1: days. Good thing. Anyway, yeah.
2: good things. All right, so another good thing are emails. Onto the onto our emails and voicemails. Our first email comes from Anthony, who has a question about, wants to know, in our opinion, which is the better writing team? Jimmy Palmiotti and Justin Gray, or Dan Abnett and Andy Lanning? Why, uh, why do you
1: have to choose? I know they're, that's such a tough call. They, they're different. They do, do different, different things.
2: things. Now, now the, the thing is that I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm a big fan of Abnett and Lanning. But I will admit that I think Palmiati and Grey have shown more range.
0: Yes, absolutely. Yeah. But then again, we don't know that they don't, that they don't have the range, Abnett and Lanning. They just haven't yeah, exactly. done anything else.
1: Exactly. I mean, they've done other genres, I think. But I think that we've, we've seen Abnett and Lanning do all sorts of kinds of books. And, and uh, the other thing that Palmiotti and Grey haven't done that Abnett and Lanning have is a giant, huge arc. If you look through all that stuff they did from Annihilation sure. onward, I mean, that's a big story. And the stuff, like, they're funny. They're funnier. I think Abnett and Lanning are funnier. Yeah. I think that's definitely true. Palmiotti and gray might be a little more twisted.
0: Yeah, yeah, a little I don't don't darker. Think, I wouldn't pick between them. I don't, think, I don't them. think they want to do that stuff. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I, no, that's, and that's fine. And wanna, they want to do a lot of different things. No, know, and, and
1: that's, samples. I mean, like they excel at the single issue mm-hmm. more than anything. And I, I wouldn't, you know, they're both very different. I'm glad that we have both of them. I ain't, I ain't picking one.
2: I'm not picking one either. I think, I think they're great that we have both of them. But, but they definitely have different sensibilities. Let's just mm-hmm. say that. So I'm like
0: American. Choose between Josh and Ron. <laughs> well, Box that's easy. Do it. That's easy. <laughs> well, if we're bribing him, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All
2: right. So, if you have any questions, you can email us at contact.ifanboy.com. and onto the voicemail, you can also call our voicemail line. And our first question uh, has a very astute observation.
0: Hi, guys. This is Daryl from Chandler, Arizona. My question is: I'm reading um, X-23 currently, and it's a great run. I was wondering why isn't there any more Marvel women that are being written by itself? For instance, maybe like a storm, why is she so much in the background lately? Anyway, uh, keep up the great work and uh, can't wait to hear your next podcast. Thanks.
2: So this is really weird that that he called in because I had a conversation last week very similar to this topic, which really made me think. And if you're not following along on the comics, media, internet cycle, there's a lot of people, a lot of people have been not complaining, but observing that the number of female creators at DC went down with the relaunch. Like there's not many females working about comics. And that led to a conversation about females in comics. And if you look at Marvel and DC... DC has Supergirl, Power Girl, Wonder Woman, all of these, like, female kind of roles. So if you look at Marvel, other than, other than uh, females being
0: on uh, teams, there's n- nowhere. Well, they're villains. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> As we said, someone at Marvel hates women. Yeah,
2: no, no but no, I, this is actually, no, I remember when Stan I was talking Lee. about it, I, I, when, I, when I was on, I went on the Comic Vine podcast last week, and this, com- this topic came up at how there's no book at Marvel with a woman in the lead. Like, yes, you've got Invisible Woman on FF, and you've got Storm in the X-Men, and you've got Ms. Marvel
0: on the Avengers, but they're, like, Ms. Marvel's, Ms. Marvel's book book's got... gone, right? Yeah. She got, got reduced to a miniseries, Yeah, uh,
1: they, don't, they don't sell. Spider-Woman I mean,
0: disappeared. Yeah, they don't sell. Yeah, Spider-Girls I mean, that's, are that's, still around,
2: but...
1: The audience is 95% male, and I think, I, I would, I, I bet, uh, this is just a guess, but I bet that the audience for Marvel is more, is a higher percentage of guys than girls.
2: But don't guys like chicks in small yeah. costumes...
1: And that's why you have them as evil or as like sidekicks, but yeah. never as as the lead character. I, I think they don't buy them, and I'm not going to call that a bad word, but it's just like a preference that those kinds of readers have right. have shown. And meanwhile, and, you know,
2: we've seen we've seen some great like you know Dan Slott's run on She Hulk was awesome. It didn't sell, mm-hmm. it didn't sell at all. Yeah. Um, a, I mean, a yeah. lot of people said a lot of people said really good things about Brian Reed's run on Ms. Marvel. It didn't sell. Right, it went, it
0: went pretty long.
2: Yeah, it did go comparatively. Did. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, no, but it's interesting that, that, that for some reason there's a, but but even then there's a like, Wonder Woman is a clear, like there will always be a Wonder Woman book because it's a strong kind of pantheon character. Marvel, do, I mean, do, do you count Invisible Woman and Storm as part of the pantheon of Marvel heroes?
1: No, because they're part of, they, they yeah. don't exist as solo characters on their own. Yeah. In the I same know, way just, that a Wonder Woman does or Power Girl or, or anything.
0: Yeah. I think you're right that Marvel seems to have more ma- male the fans. I think if you you can talk to you know female fans they tend to read dc books because that's where the female characters are yeah. so does, is it a chicken and egg thing are there more are there no are there less women reading marvel well so, no. i mean so, if you think about a
1: title like birds of birds of prey you know that survived for really long still survives yeah. for a long years, time 10 at 10 dc yeah. you know it, when they do it at marvel it's like a it's like a 2 month event
2: and so that, The so that, ladies are taking over. Yeah, I know, yeah. Women, Marvel women, yeah. But the, so then, then you layer in the other ironic aspect is DC with the stronger female characters and then just cleaning house and getting rid of all the women that worked on the books <laughs> except for Gail Simone.
1: <laughs> well, that, see, the thing is, it's not, I mean, that, that's not exactly true. No, but, I don't know, think that's it, been Hey, hey, hey. There are a lot more men who work in comics. There just are, and they have stronger followings. Like, you're trying to, at the, the end of the day, they're trying to sell books. Right. So the people who are big fan favorites are mostly men. B, you know, like I've heard there's, there's, we don't know anything about the pitching process. We don't know that women weren't offered. I do know Kelly Sue DeConnick was offered books. You know, one book she couldn't take it. She didn't, she pitched for another one, didn't get it. You know, like it's not.
2: Yeah, no, I I, I agree with that. I understand. You know, obviously there's no master plan. You must remove the women from the process entirely. You know, that's not, I don't think that's happening. (laughs) I don't think anybody at DC has a German accent. I think it would be. Do you know I, that for sure? Have you I don't know that for sure. Else? That's true. You, that, so. If you had stuck around in Bob Harris's office a little bit longer, <laughs> I know. Just, all right, it was good to see you guys. I'm just going to go here and just hide under the desk. <laughs> is the
1: one with the sideburns gone?
2: <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so, so I mean, it's an interesting question, but a good observation nonetheless. And, you yeah, know, I doubt, I honestly, I doubt Marvel cares. They just Marvel just cares about
0: those sales numbers. They don't care because they, they have 50% of the month as of May. Yep, they don't need to. Yeah.
2: Anyway, so if you have any uh, questions, any observations, you can call us on our voicemail line at one eight eight fanboys It's one 326
0: 2697 Now, we have a Green Lantern podcast <laughs> this week. It'll be <laughs> that, behind this show on the feed. You can find it on fanboy.com. You can find it on iTunes or anywhere you get the podcasts. It'll be behind this one. I, we haven't seen it yet. This is, again, this is Thursday. We're recording. So there's great I, potential
2: I've, for this podcast. Let's just say, let's <laughs> leave it at that.
0: Assuming be, the way things are going, this might be uh, one of those podcasts like wanted. <laughs> You know, so you might want to tune in for that. (laughs) It could be a good time. Jonah (laughs) Jonah Hex. I don't don't think it's going to be Jonah Hex. I don't think it'll be a G.I. Joe level either. nothing bad.
1: I don't think G.I. Joe was that bad. Anyway, so come well, so, in for the
0: Green Lantern special edition podcast, which will be on iFanboy. will be on iTunes, will be on all the places you listen to podcasts.
2: If that's not enough podcasting for you, you can come back on Monday and check out our iFanboy. Don't miss this week. I'm going to be talking to uh, writer and artist David Hahn uh, who's got All Nighter number one coming from Image Comics, and
1: it's if, just about being very tired.
2: No, if you if you know me and you know uh, in, in the letter column a couple weeks ago, I was lamenting the lack of relationship comics and stuff like that. This is totally scratching that itch, and so it's going to be a lot of fun to talk about. So check out. Don't miss. Uh, it's got a separate feed, and I. ITunes, so go search for iFanboy. Don't miss and in, uh, in iTunes and subscribe to it. And you can also check it out on iFanboy.com come Monday. And while you're at iFanboy.com, check out my Pick of the Week review of Invincible number 80, as well as all the great articles and posts that are there throughout the week. Uh, another strong week. Tons of Green Lantern stuff, but not too much, I think. We just had the right balance. Uh, some great analysis of the DC relaunch this week as well. I thought we, we've, really, we've really stepped it up in these recent weeks, gentlemen. I'm, I'm impressed. You've so, given us something to work with. Yeah, so if you're not going to ifanboy.com every day and reading the posts or subscribing to the RSS feed, go do that. Uh, it helps us out. It's good to be heard. And you can also check out, like you said, all the great podcasts we have. Word Balloon every week as well, as well as our video show, which comes out every Wednesday. So last week we had an episode talking about Green Lantern and some of the hyping up the movie, which I'm sure you know was, was worth was worthwhile. Um, but it was a good discussion of the well, various well, Green the characters who've been yeah exactly Green Lantern besides Hal Jordan so exactly. And then this week we're going to be talking about the DC relaunch, as if we haven't enough. But you're going to get to hear the words coming from our mouth as we analyze
0: what's at, what's going on. You hear the words that are coming out of my mouth. That's what I was thinking too. <laughs> so check that out on Wednesday. You can email us at contact.fanboy.com. You can call our voicemail line at 888-FANBOYS-326-2697. Any comments, questions, concerns, discussion topics to get on this show, get in the video show, just sort of amuse us as we listen to your voicemails during the day. All kinds of things you can do with that. If you like
1: us or don't, I guess uh, we have to take it either way. Go read a review of this show or the Don't Miss Show or the video show over in iTunes. That's a... We're, we're we're going towards a thousand. That's what we're doing. We're marching towards it. But uh, go in there, tell us, what you think, rate it, rate it via the star system. Uh, other than that, you know, one thing you can do is just to tell your friends about it. Tweet about the show. Post it on Facebook. Uh, spread it around. If this is a good one, let people know that it exists and it's it, it's a part of uh, your comic book experience. We really appreciate that. It's
2: a comic book
0: experience.
2: It's, it's a comic book experience. That's our, new, it tag be our new tagline. Exactly. Yes. Our catchphrase. All right. So until next week, I'm Ron. I'm Connor.
1: I'm Josh. You're a lot riding on this.
3: <laughs> <laughs> so make your sirens call and sing all you want. I will not hear what you have to say. Because I-